podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield wrap. The Anfield wrap after Liverpool find themselves collapsing to a 1-1 draw. And it is... I've got Mike Nevin, Gareth Roberts and Mel Reddy with me. And I actually want to go to Mike first on this in terms of the the collapsing to a 1-1 draw line. We do a lot of the history shows and we talk through this sort of stuff. And it is one of the sadnesses of modern football. And I mean modern football, like going over a long spell. I noticed Rory Smith tweeted on it in the week that when Liverpool got a draw in Moscow, that it was seen as a bad result. And that a draw in Moscow, he was saying, should probably always in some way be seen as a good result because of all the other factors. But it's not now. And that's fine. Mm. And I'll accept that reality. In the same way... and this is not me in any way, shape or form, Mike's acting as though it isn't. I think it's a really bad result for Liverpool. But it is just a little bit of a shame that an away draw at a, at a difficult place to go is now genuinely two points dropped because that is two points dropped yesterday for Liverpool. Yeah, without question. And the context is, you know, sort of City and United apparently disappearing beyond the horizon. So it, it, puts, it puts pressure on you to win those games. Um, but then it was ever thus, really. I mean, ever since three points for a win came in... Uh, Getting a third of the points never feels enough. And, you know, around the, the other results of the weekend, again, there's further pressure. You know, OK, one point clear of the top four, but, um, well, behind behind the, the, the race for the fourth, up if you like. But um, ultimately, that's, in terms of our progress and our desires for the season, it sort of feels like, you know, the, the pursuit of the league. It, it, we've put pressure on ourselves, massive pressure already. Um, we're already playing catch-up. We've got two really difficult games coming up. Um, you can look at it with a, a fair amount of cold blood at the moment, I think, because you can make you can make arguments for why the results have been as they have been. But um, we might be having a, diff- a different conversation uh, in three weeks' time. Mel, the next part of this as well is something that I saw Dan Kenneth tweet out last night, which is Liverpool are two points better off than from the corresponding fixtures last year. But I'll say it again: that is two points dropped, and at the minute. That result yesterday was the very thing Liverpool did not need. And it's thrown in with the European results as well. I don't think that the League Cup Leicester thing is that much of a factor. But with the European results as well, Liverpool at the minute is a club that's just found itself a team and a club that's just found itself in this little bit of a funk. And at the minute, I think everybody's suffering. Yeah, I think um, Jurgen Klopp nailed it. I was trying to find some way to describe it. And I think he said a few weeks ago, it seems to be a self-fulfilling prophecy where... You know what's going to happen in a game. You know what's going to happen. I know. Um, And it seems like the players feel that exact same way and things are just materialising as everyone expects it to. And it's this endless loop of watching the same game, the same issues. And there's not a lot of issues, but they're critical issues because they happen in both boxes where, you know, where points are won and lost. Generally, and I think why it's so frustrating the period from um, when the last international break ended to this one start now starting is because Liverpool haven't been awful. Liverpool have played some really good football against good sides as well. And, you know, things that we're talking about last season, like struggling to create against deep defences, that's not been the issue. Liverpool are creating clear-cut chances. I think it's been four each in the last two games. And they just not getting these games over the line and once you want once your key strength is not being maximized you allow yourself and your weaknesses to be exploited and to to be enhanced and you know uh, i've seen a lot of debate about which department is to blame first i think it's a collective failure this entire uh, period but 
you know, there are some still insisting it's a defence. You've got to be able to keep a clean sheet and go and look at Liverpool's games at the start of last season. They weren't keeping many clean sheets, but what they were doing was playing to their strengths. They were nuking those chances. The attack was absolutely breathless. That attack's only been enhanced, but it's malfunctioning at the moment. Mew music is a thing around the football club, Gareth, and it's a thing about around a season. And we're now in a situation, I think, and I think it is difficult. I was I was sitting next to Ben Johnson uh, watching the game yesterday, and, and I was worried for him, to be honest with you. He was genuinely finding it hard last 10, 15, because... You 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 grow you you reach an age where you know you and I have been watch, watching football and paying attention to it since we're five six, becoming aware of it the way a season ebbs and flows from the age of ten eleven, and you, you know in amongst all of that the the years without the league title which we all crave so much, but it's more than just that. You you, you learn the markers of when you feel as though a season can get away from you and it can get away from you even when you're playing all right on and off even when people are doing broadly speaking the right things you can find yourself all of a sudden with a season that just flaps loose and I think that's what's got everyone in a panic in that there's a lot of us now and Klopp himself might be thinking hang on no no I've been a bit mad but it's because we've seen seasons flap loose and this is the worry that this one it, it doesn't take much for it to come off its hinges at this stage no, exactly, and I, I think that's it. I think I think you're right to say at the top that you know draws away from home aren't necessarily the worst results and that sort of thing. But it's it's just the context of it, isn't it? Right now, and it's it's the context of seeing a side making the same mistakes over and over again, and on of these games seemingly being on repeat, and and the mood around the club just isn't great. And you know, I I was there yesterday. I was in the away end. There was the back row of the level seven, which was a. <laughs> and, Nearly, nearly killed myself getting up them steps. But um, you know, just the mood all around us amongst the supporters. There's just there's a real frustration, and and the frustration is that you know it's it's the here we go again. It's oh no, Liverpool. We've seen this before. You've done it again. You've qualified for the Champions League. You've had had an opportunity to push on. You messed up the transfer window quite a bit. Seemingly, you didn't. You didn't. You know. You didn't boost the areas of the of the squad that needed boosting, i.e. the defence. And then Everton sort of coming to fruition from that as well. And, and, and that's the frustration as well. And I, I think loads of it's dead worrying. I think, I think, you know, even down to Klopp, you know, I'm, I, I like him, I support him. I think he should be Liverpool's manager. But I also think a lot of what he does and the way he manages is, is built on belief, is built on everyone, you know, believing that this side can go out and beat anyone. And that's how we were talking about it last season. That's how, you know, every every single game you went into, particularly against bigger sides, you just thought, yeah, we can go and smash these. You know, live, Klopp has them playing with no fear. They'll, they'll get in the faces. They'll do this, they'll do this, they'll do this. And then this season, it just it just seems to have ebbed away so quickly. And they, they just seem so fragile now as a side to me. You know, it's... There is, look, there are patches of, of, of decent play. There are bits where you go, yeah, that's it. But it also seems that the, you know you said used the word funk before, and, and it seems that them as a collective, as a group, are in a funk. And like it, it seems like when when they can see the goal, they feel sorry for themselves. They don't do the stuff, the, the good stuff. That so you know being up there yesterday was really frustrating to watch because you could see passes that were on, and I know that's a danger because they're playing at pitch level and you're in the sky. But what I mean by that, <laughs> but, but what I mean by that is you could see that they could see the pass, but but we're going. I'm going to play the safe one instead, and and they weren't, you know, they weren't moving it fast enough at times. They weren't taking risks enough. Second half, especially too many players as well. You know that I've never seen Mane have a game like that in terms of his touch. It was all over the show, and it's, 
it is really, really worrying because we picked up the Fab Four and all that sort of thing. We were like, you know, these boys can go and blow our sides away and that's how we're going to get it all back. And then when that's not happening, it's like, well, how do we get out of this now? Because it's not going to be built on solid defence because we haven't got one. And if the lads up front who you expect to score goals don't, then, then, then how do we get out of it again? You know, Firmino's dropped off a cliff all of a sudden in terms of being able to influence a game and score and everything else. Sturridge has a bad game there yesterday as well. And all of a sudden you're like, well, where's our goals coming from? And meanwhile, again, talking about context here, it's really hard to watch someone like Harry Kane putting them in every, every week and being a great player. And you're like, imagine we had him. And, and so it's just that hard to be a Liverpool fan right yeah. now, I think. I think the, the, the worrying thing about yesterday was that where in the lead up to, to yesterday there was the frustration with draws and it's not been a great month, but I didn't think we played well yesterday. Um, that was, that was for me, far and away, our worst performance of the season. And the, the cliché thing around, you know, we can't defend. OK, we conceded one goal. It was a really soft goal to concede and that we've been missing chances, but we've been missing halffuls of chances. Mm. Yes, I thought yesterday, really, I mean, I think um, Elliot in their goal, he only makes one save, which is the one from Sturridge. Aside from that, I thought in the first half, we sort of we, we started relatively well, but within about five, or se- five to seven minutes, I thought they were controlling it. Um, Shelby was given far too much time on the ball. I thought he was running the game for parts of the first half, especially. Um, and I don't think you can overestimate how much they're missing the Lana. And the pressing's dropped off as well. And, you know, for him to have that much time on the ball to, to, to pick that pass, all a bit, albeit that I still think it's a great ball, it was criminal, really. And I think the second half actually reawakened fears that we were talking about last year, which hasn't been so prominent this year, which is about breaking down a deep line defence. And, yeah. and Rafford had them organised brilliantly in two banks of four. I mean, dare, dare I say it, it was a bit Hodgson-esque I at times. <laughs> and you could, see, you, could yeah. see, you could see them, you know, moving across like lads on a, on a bar football table. Um, but regimented and very, very solid. And I just didn't think we, we were cre- uh, creating enough. We weren't breaking them down, but there was no tempo. That, 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 that stall was set very early second half. And as Gareth said there, we weren't moving the ball quick enough. And I think that's a manifestation of losing confidence eventually, is that you stop slipping passes off instinctively and you wait and you wait and you think, an hour I won't, I'll play, I'll play the safe ball. And that is the worry when you go through phases like, Against Spartak and against Burnley, we played well and we created lots of good chances mm. and didn't take them. Um, and the worry is that you'll go through a, a phase of games like that and you don't get the results and that eats away at the confidence and eventually you come to a point where you're not creating as many chances. And I, th- I think just relating to yesterday's game, I think we're over-egging that because I just didn't think we, I didn't there, think we there created wasn't like much. A, there wasn't like a go-to player, if you know what I mean, either. It was about, you know, when you're looking at a situation, you're thinking, well... But you know, you know, like like old school Liverpool, give it to McManaman and he'll sort it. Do you know what I mean? Like there wasn't that yesterday either. There wasn't anyone where you just thought, well, he's flying there, so give it to him and he's going to win us the game. You know, like I say, Mane was off it. Coutinho obviously scores a worldie and, and and that's fantastic. It was good enough to win any game, not really. And then we give away the soft one, but I just didn't see the second half. We, I mean, me and Craig were looking at each other. There was like I think seven, eight minutes to go, and we were both saying. We're not, we're not going to score, yeah. You just couldn't feel that it was going to happen. It just seemed a bit, all a bit, mm, yeah, let's, we, we, we've accepted that this is just going to be a draw now. Yeah, and if there's a worrying link there, just saying we played much better against Spartak, the last 15, 20 minutes in midweek was similar. You got the feeling that we'd, we'd blown ourselves out, basically, by not getting the second goal, and I thought there was more of that yesterday. There have been massive drop-offs between the first half and second half in terms of performance yeah. and intensity and stuff in general. 
Um, but And I take your point, I didn't think Liverpool played as well as they have in previous games mm. um, at St. James's Park yesterday. Saying that though, there's still four clear-cut big chances to win the game and ordinarily you think, if, if you're looking at snapshots yesterday, periods of play, it just seemed to sum up Liverpool from that City game till now. It was like a microcosm of everything. I, I mean, uh, the Wijnaldum volley that comes off the near post, then Lovren's follow-up shot is blocked on the line, then Mane had such a wide... If you look at the technical area during that period of play, if you look at the rest of the pitch, all the players, their responses, everyone's just looking at it and they... It's it's this thing of oh my gosh not this again or like that, what I, do we need to do here? I think here? you're right to point that out, and I st- I, st- I do still think that that's there in their heads, and you can see it in Klopp as well, and he finds it difficult to hide his emotions, and you know I'm not criticising him for this, but I think he's got to he's got to wear a bit more of a mask because that's transmitting itself to the team as well. Mm. You know he's rolling his eyes, he's got that sort of phlegmatic look on his face, and. I just think that you I think know it's funny, Mike. I'll come to you on this because I they weren't these two were at the game and they won't have seen it. But there's that point second half where I think a couple of subs are made or there's a break in play. Klopp calls Henderson over and he's like, "Calm it down." Yeah, and it's really strange in that. Firstly, if anything, we're playing too slowly, so it might be just trying to say relax into your football boys and it'll come, and that might be his mindset, and that's fine. But it's it's back to he doesn't have to ask a lot in terms of. He wants you to be all action right up until the but he wants you to be dead calm as well. Mm. And there is at times I'm watching it thinking we've got to sort of pick one. And I'm happy whichever one we pick. Like if we'd have absolutely thrown the kitchen sink at Newcastle last last 10 and being exhausting them and, and moving all over the place and it just becomes dead difficult to play against us and get out and all of that sort of stuff last 10 because we're all action sound. If we'd have just controlled the ball last 10 and we were probing and looking, I'd go sound. But we're not doing one or the other a lot of the time here and that's what I'm finding frustration and frustrating and difficult. But then when you do look at the sidelines and you, you look at the fact that, as you say, he's wearing these misses on a personal level now mm. as though he's the one who's missed them I almost just want to see him going it's coming you know it's coming it's coming yeah. rather than I can't believe that's not gone in and that sounds ridiculously harsh because you want your manager to feel as though he's involved and there's again it's back to the times your biggest strength becomes your biggest weakness for mm. all of us in life yeah. but there is that sort of come on lads just act like it's coming here rather than act like oh god it's gone wrong again yeah and I, I think you know if he, if he struggles really with that wrestling between the two mentalities is that I think his plan A if you like is to play the helter skelter and, and you know to effectively you know, make the most of Liverpool's qualities, which is about pace and incision. And I think when you when you're looking to maybe just instill a bit of patience because there's that frustration around the fact that you're not scoring goals, then maybe asking them to hold back a bit isn't necessarily the right thing to do. But at the same time, we're probably not controlling games in in the way that we'd like to see. There's never really been a sense this season, I think, where we've been in control of football matches other than maybe Arsenal and Hoffenheim uh, at home. The rest of the games, it feels like it, the, the, we've sort of lost the measure of control of the of the game. Um, and Rafa talks a lot about controlling matches. Sometimes when he was with Liverpool, he'd say we were controlling games. And actually you'd say, well, I'm, I find that hard to see because we've been under pressure. But So there's a, there's a perception of what control a game means. And But I, 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 as I say, I think I think Klopp is, is not really about that. And we've often said when managers lose their you know the sort of the courage of their convictions then that's that's dangerous territory having said that i don't think i don't think we're anywhere near you know the, the point where you can begin to sort of um, be asking questions of him long term this is still a blip you know we haven't played bad football we're not getting beat um, and the, you know there's got to be some perspective around it but it's everything that's around it as well though isn't it i mean literally before 
before we've done this this morning, like for instance, the BBC have come in here, spoke to me, and they're putting something together about Klopp. They're putting something together about Klopp saying, is, he, is this him now under pressure? Is this now a question about his job? And of course I say no and, and explain why. But the very fact that they're doing that, the very fact that Liverpool are on, on a lot of the media's agenda on as a almost a crisis club now and, and a crisis manager and that that affects minds as well mm. you know that, does, that's going to affect it's going to affect fans it's going to affect it's going to affect the mood inside Anfield and it's go, it's surely going to affect the players as well i just think it, you know you don't they end up going into almost a cocoon where they don't want to play the confident football mm. that they're capable of and start doing that safe stuff and the safe stuff doesn't win your football matches I think and th- this is more of an aside than, than a comment, commentary on the way things are going at the moment but I, I sort of predicted this two years ago when he came in and everyone immediately put him on a pedestal and excuses were being made for performance it was Rodgers team he, need, he needs his, he needs a pre-season he needs his own players and I think just by by putting him on a pedestal straight away I thought to myself, well, the crash could could be quite spectacular when it comes, and I think it's probably people who were absolutely bang into him to begin with who are coming out with the more absolutely. insane it's, level it's of criticism. The ri- it's the ridiculous expectations, yeah. which and 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 he he's sorry to interrupt him, and I'm on one here, but basically, <laughs> I, I think. He's also raised the expectations himself because he got to cup finals and last season broadly was was a positive one. We're back in the Champions League and on the face of it, we started this season really well. So there was a, there was expectation um, raising by his performance, but equally just through the notion of who he is and what his record is. And as I say, he will come into criti- for criticism and he will be a media focus because of who he is and the way that we perceive him. Is there something, Mel, in the the idea that in general? And I think this is the case for all football managers, so it's important to make that clear, uh, that he's a very, very strong, in terms of all good football managers, he's a very, very strong momentum manager. And I think it becomes, this is where I'm, you know, I'm of the view that it's difficult. And I think he found it difficult when it was, and we've only lost two in seven. We're saying we've only won one in seven. We've only lost two in seven. But for instance, I think he was finding it difficult last January just to sort of solve the problems of last January, early February, how do I get this sort of boxed off now? And I, you know, I think because he's so committed to the way in which he wants to play his football, there's not going to be a grandiose change of strategy or plan because he's just worked all pre-season on this is how we play, this is the way Liverpool play, this is who we are. We've had a season to nail on this identity and then going from there. And I think it becomes, it does become, and this is this is me sticking up for him in that I do think it, I think that all managers have strengths and weaknesses. And I think that in the same way that I think when he gets Liverpool on a run, it's going to take a great performance to knock them off a run. It's going to take a certain something, isn't it? To get them when they're on a bad run, it does take something to nudge them out of that mode and back moving forward. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. I I think a a big issue is when you talk about that January period, the, the last tough spell Liverpool have, have really had, it took one game basically to to do that. It took the Liverpool won against City, then went and drew in Sund- uh, at Sunderland, and the players were like, oh, "We've we've blown our title shot here." They they went into the year as Chelsea's closest challengers, and one game made them doubt themselves. Oh, we're not good enough. Oh, and again, you know, as Roberts uh, as Robbo said, it's the narrative around it that everyone's saying um, Liverpool you know, have done it again, they've blown it, can't keep a lead. And that psychological aspect, I think, comes into things too quickly. And I think we have seen it play out now through all these games where it's the 
the same like we've said it seems like we're watching the same game on repeat you can write all the same things about it you can pick up on the same flaws and it is when you look at the reactions like we've said in the technical it's this frustration because why is the same thing continually happening and i think it is a crisis of of confidence i think gareth made a good point where he said the fear kicks in because you're so desperate to do well and conversely you're desperate not to mess things up and that hampers your your natural instincts and if that team is not playing without fear and not playing if it's not that all-out attack and and everyone just backing themselves you do get what we've seen which is them not doing the job up front and then by nature it comes on everyone behind them to do the job and and we can sit and be critical of the defense and they do deserve massive criticism all the way through you know from the forwards not pressing as much as they used to from midfielders not picking up runners from the center backs just completely switching off and not being able to read play where everyone else can see that Chelsea ball is coming and that the gap between them is too wide but I mean those chances stick away those chances and, and none of us are talking about this we're all Pep Guardiola made a great point when um after the City uh, uh, City Chelsea game he said last season he thought City played better than they did this but the result City don't win that game and oh, City are in crisis uh, City have so many problems to solve and he said you know the result is dictating what everyone talks about. Now, the issue, obviously, with Liverpool is they're having the same result over and over and over again. On Mike, just to come again, one more little thing on this before we sort of get into the specifics around little bits of the game. But the other thing that struck me was I couldn't work out, and maybe, again, the manager sitting here and he's going, well, that's what I want. But I couldn't work out whether or not we were sticking or twisting at 1-0. I couldn't work out whether or not the idea was right. We've got 1-0. Now we absolutely, we look to do everything we can to make it 2-0. Or if the idea was, right, let's get the half. So Henderson goes down with a bit of a blight injury straight after the goal. And I'm thinking that's exactly the right thing to do. Take a little bit of time now. Let's not get do the thing where we get all caught up in it and all of this sort of stuff. Let's actually go back to and almost play like it's nil-nil and phase the game a little bit. And I'm thinking that's the right thing. But then they didn't do that much of that either. It just suddenly becomes, again, it flaps loose. And then all of a sudden it's 1-1. One, one, and it is, it's both bad and unfortunate. And we'll come on to that. But I don't know what you think, but... I. I, I don't know whether or not the idea is whether or not the idea was like we've got put the hammer down now because it's foot on throat time or if the idea was no it's all right we're just going to play calmly and I I can't see which decision was made and where that was coming from. Well, I mean whatever whatever the decision that was made post our opening goal, um, we did we didn't put the put the hammer down and I, I think we've we've actually lapsed into a habit of not doing that and. I think you need to ride the momentum. I mean, one of the adages in football is that you're always at your most um, vulnerable when you've just scored. I mean, I, 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 I personally think that's a load of rubbish. I think, who's, who's feeling worse when a goal's just been scored? It's the team, the team's just conceded. And I, I think there's enough about Liverpool and there's enough, there's, enough, there's enough intensity and enough quality to be thinking, do you know what, we've really hurt them there. Let's, let's, Next, take the next five or ten and put this game to bed. And I think you've got it. You've got. If we are a momentum team, let's let's accentuate uh, and ride that momentum. Uh, and I don't think we're quite doing that. I think, I, but again, that could be it, it. Could be a belief thing. And you know, if, if the results, if you want your one nil at Chelsea, if you want your one nil away from home per se, 
then when that begins to feed into your mentality, naturally you're going to take the foot off the pedal. I just don't think it's the right thing for this team to be doing. All right, um, going through it then, uh, and starting with the first half up to the equaliser. Gareth, it shouldn't take the glorious goal that it takes. There is the scramble from the corner. There is the fact that Liverpool, I think Newcastle start off all action, then Liverpool grow into it. They're looking the better sides. They're not quite looking the more likely, but they are looking like it's going to come for them at some sort of point. But it is a glorious goal. Um, and, you know, it is one which... I think the goalkeeper's gone for the pedigree. He thinks this fella's brilliant to put it the other side. So you can see he takes one little step. He's having a little think about it. And then he whips it the other way. It's a great, great finish from him. Yeah, superb goal. And and the whole end went mad. And it was, you know, a great moment. And and, and literally, when I say the, the end went mad, everyone, that, that song was, the Coutinho song was getting absolutely boomed by the end. And, and, and that was brilliant because, you know, there's still... Maybe there's still some sort of you know residual bad feeling against them over over the summer, and, and personally, I think all oh, that should be forgotten. Now we've got a great player on our hands; he can win matches, he can do things like that, and he must he must love that moment. Do you know what I mean? As much as we do, he must love to wear our end, given booming that song out. So yeah, that, that that was fantastic. But then I think I think as we're saying here, really we didn't really build on it. I mean. I, I think you're right in saying that you could see how the match was panning out or you thought you could see how the match was panning out at that point. Liverpool have all the ball. It's sort of up to them to do something with it. Uh, Newcastle are in that shape that we mentioned earlier. You could see them all, you know, just deep, just chasing shadows, just trying to keep us away from their goal, really, but but not offering much going the other way. And it, it just felt, it was one of them again where you just watch it and it's like it's in our hands here to do something with this situation and this this plan it's it's in our hands to win the match basically and then we don't and then we're back to, to having the same conversations but you know perhaps there isn't enough clear things I mean I'm quite surprised that people are talking about lots of chances and stuff like that because it, it didn't feel like that it didn't feel like that being there it, it felt like yes you know Vinaldo hits the post yes Coutinho scores yes Sturridge has that chance and he should score as well but there was no like I never felt like there was a huge head of steam. Do you know what I mean? Like I never felt like it's coming here. And I never felt like when you used to watch United and just think these bastards are going to score any minute here because you can just sense it because they're flooding all over them, they're moving the ball, they're making things happen. It just, it just, it kept, felt a bit to me like they were just kept falling down alleys, getting so far up the pitch and then sort of not knowing what to do with it, making the wrong decision, people miscontrolling, and I don't know. They just, they just, they just weren't at it enough. And, and you know the goals, the goals are worldy, yeah. But it's it it wasn't sustained over a, a long period of time at any point during the match. I think the issue I have with the goal is, up until that point, it was the same frustrations of, and I was sat with um, the local patch. So and every time Liverpool broke, and there was one with Salah with that clever ball hmm. to Mane, they were there was this. <gasps> Here goes Liverpool. There was another one where Mane broke and it was that you can just hear them go because they know that in those moments, Liverpool can be absolutely deadly and and it never came off. And so you get this frustration, this annoyance, and probably the players are thinking same thing again. Coutinho bails you out there Mm. and, and he shows you, okay, come on, it's not this again. Here's the goal. Let's go. Let's build on this. And... You know the the moment that we speak about with Wijnaldum off the post, the Lovren off the line, that happens before this. So okay, you've missed that, but here's your goal. Here's your goal to go and build on, and it happens too quickly that they allow Newcastle to get one in. And 
it's allowing them because as much as we say Liverpool didn't create a lot yesterday, what did Newcastle create? Well, very, I mean, very little. Um, just referencing the goal again. I, mean, I thought it was interesting, though, that Coutinho wasn't actually in the game until that point. I mean, we, we were watching on TV and my dad said to me, I haven't seen, I haven't done the Coutinho's laid uh, a touch on the ball yet. And then he scores. And not being critical of him, it's, a, it's an absolutely fantastic goal. Um, and it's a goal that we've, we, we, we've become used to, really. And finishing-wise, he gets better and better. Um I just don't. Yeah, we just don't take our our lead from it. I think that that that's the our lead from it. it, it it's just that ability to to really ram it home in the, I think in the minutes to follow. There's, there are seven minutes between yeah. us scoring and then and 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 them getting back on Sam's and. I don't think we did enough in that seven minutes. Just, just in general, though, we'll go back to Mel before bring Gareth in. You mentioned the 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 the, <clears throat> the lovely solid ball that's right into Mane's path, and I think Mane. I'm going to come on to three of them in particular, but I think Mane is one of them. But I think I'd argue you're allowed a bad day at the office, uh, possibly if you're Sadio Mane. But yeah. one of the things that I think we keep doing is we keep reassuring the opposition it's not going to be as bad as you think. So. I take your point completely. Coutinho's dug it out and he scored the 25-yarder. But I sort of think the goal where we pull you apart and just knock it into the bottom corner because we've absolutely undone you demoralises you more. And going back to what, you know, going back to the, by the time Coutinho scores that goal, Newcastle are beginning to think to themselves, actually, this isn't that bad. And I, I think this is one of the frustrations at the moment for this Liverpool side in that, if they could, for instance, by the time we go 3-0 up against Hoffenheim, using the, that, the Hoffenheim game as an example, Hoffenheim now, we are getting beat today. Yeah. This is all done. This is all over. They are better than us. But the reason why is because when Liverpool undo Hoffenheim, it's so dramatic and it's so emphatic and it is, we're just better than you. The problem that we have at the minute is I think we're allowing sides to just think to themselves, we just hang on in. We just hang on in. It's not as bad as we expect. They're not as good as we think. We're hanging on in. The manager's plan's all right. We're hanging on. We're hanging on. We'll get something. You're... Absolutely spot on that point I was making about sitting amongst the local patch and they, them having that, and then it doesn't come and there's like a there's like a let off and a, it's comforting that when you draw when the yeah you draw yeah. strength from 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 situations where you think you're getting away with it don't yeah, you and it, it gradually yeah. builds belief and I think you saw that in in the way that they played yeah I think um, I was going to mention. Rafa's Valencia. Do you remember they used to be known as the, uh, sort of the, the crushing machine and all that sort of thing? Well, li- li- Liverpool are like just the officers of that really at the moment in, in that you're, you're all saying it here. You don't feel like a team that's going to absolutely blow you away. The Hoffenheim's a great example because that was just like they all come out and we're like, right, we're better than these. That manager's been talking shite. Let's get into them. Let's show them that we're better. Let's win the game. Let's make it... And, and it's all over and it's done and everyone's buzzing. And it's like, at the moment, you can see what we mentioned before about how it's all seeping into the brains, about how... how you know, the current situation, if you like. The irritating thing is they've got the ability to oh, do yeah. that. They've got the ability mm. to go out. Yeah, yeah. And, cr- and I think that's why, as a fan base, it's you, people are looking at it and thinking, oh my goodness, and there's so much negativity and stuff. It's because you know what they're capable of if it clicks. What was frustrating me as well, and, and maybe you'll disagree with me on this, but was... I mean, you know, it's just the way it is to be a fan. Like, so you see bits of City's game, for instance, against Chelsea, and you see like De Bruyne, and look, I know he's a brilliant player, but but you see him almost go, I'm going to make this goal happen here. Do you know what I mean? Like a a scruff of the neck moment, like just going, fuck this. 
exchange passes, bang, goal, like like a Gerard esque moment, if you like. You could, I mean, you could say Coutinho did that. Exactly, well, he, he exactly. does that, but 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 it, it's like it doesn't seem to happen enough. It, mm. it just feels like we're a bit nice and a bit accepting of the situation at times. You know, that safe football in the second half was so frustrating because it was like, stop being safe. Why are you being well, safe? Yeah, I, I mean, I must, must say though, on yesterday's game in particular, and where I think we weren't we weren't anywhere near as we've been uh, good as we've, we've been in other games was the. I think you lose loads when Firmino's not playing and I know people have been critical of him recently and he's not scoring enough goals and he's apparently a bit leggy at the moment but I think you see, you saw the drop off in our, our intensity and mm. what Mel describes there is our ability to be able to blow teams away. I'm not sure that you have that when Sturridge is playing and I'm, I'm his biggest fan as a footballer. I think he's wonderful to watch. Um, in some ways I, I can see a, a future for him as a midfielder, a creative midfielder as he, as he grows older but in his in his current physical state... I just, I, I just don't think Liverpool can play in Klopp's um, desired image with him, with him as the central player in that in that on, front three. On that, Michael, um, I'll come back to because it was something I was just about to make the point after Gareth when Gareth grabs De Bruyne, grabbing it by the scruff of the neck. The other thing that irritates you about yesterday, and more than happy to you know have the general conversation about storage, whether whether what you're saying is absolutely spot on or not. My point is that if you're storage, if you're Liverpool in general, the goal that you concede is a horrible goal to concede. No one's great. And then you're unlucky. And then they make a massive defensive howler. Put your striker in. The fella yeah. who's here, who you're, you've sacrificed for me, you know, for because you're, you're playing this fella because you think he's the finisher. And then he doesn't put it away. Yeah. And that's where I think there is... a. And, and then Salah, you even get one more bite at it yeah. and Salah misses. And I, that's where I think, forget almost the psychological factor of this, this is a real, you know, you've got to punish them there because we, we're getting punished all the time. We need to feel like you're getting punished because yeah. they should be punished for that. The lad's made a complete pig's ear of it. He has an otherwise really good game. The two Newcastle centre-halves have both played really well. But in that moment when they get it wrong, going back to the fact that they don't create anything else either, apart from that last army chance last minute, yeah. they do nothing else but they get the one where we've cocked up and we don't do enough, but we get that one and it's got to go in the back of the net. It's got yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it is a bad miss as well because there was quite a big gap um, to... to and you can go to, round to, him. To, you can either go... We can go across him and round him or he can just slot it at his, on his near post, if you like. There was, there was a big gap to the right of, of Elliot's uh, right foot um, where he can just place it in the corner and he, and he hits it straight at him. It makes it easy for him to make a save. I'm sort of... I'm not as bothered about Salah's miss because I think he looks a bit off balance and it didn't seem like a natural finish anyway but if Sturridge is going to play uh, and I think most of us were sort of encouraged to see him in the lineup at the start because you're thinking well you know if we get a sniff today and we create our yep. usual six or seven chances he's taken two of them I mean as it stands we don't create as many chances he gets the one obvious one and he misses it um, and then you do find it hard then to justify his inclusion off the back of that and that's obviously with the benefit of hindsight he scores it's a different story but the fact is he doesn't uh, and that again feeds the whole sort of cliched thing about, about Liverpool not being able to take the chances If you're backing anyone that chance to fall to anyone on that pitch that he's had so much joy in, in a Liverpool shirt and even before he came to Liverpool loves playing against Newcastle at St James's Park you're backing him to score that and he doesn't and if that happens at the other end of the pitch, that exact mistake and falls to one of their players, any one of their players, it's going in. And I think Liverpool are living in this moment where they are feeling a bit sorry for themselves and they have to shake it immediately because 
you cannot there's only so long you can feel sorry for yourself oh. a whole international break man Oh gosh! No. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it, for once, it's—I think it's coming a good time. That and and obviously the fixture that we've got once the the break's finished. I, I mean, I I I think it, it's probably quite good that they're all getting away from each other for you know ten days or so. Because yeah. I mean, that from so each other, the size of each other, yeah, yeah, they're all doing each other's heads in for that, the that the, bus the, back's the, no fun there. Um, you know, I mean, not much fans we get a bit frustrated by international breaks, but I, I think Liverpool have got to see this one as, as as a positive in any way that they can and come back and almost have like a complete reset. Um. Yeah. The equaliser then. Um, go around each of you really. Everything about it, Gareth's annoying. I know you were up in the gods, but you've seen it since. Everything yeah. about it's annoying. Sturridge loses it cheaply. The shape, and the, I think that the shape on the whole, well, the shape up to that point I thought was really strong. Uh, I thought that I was really pleased with the shape that we were talking about. It. We were saying, you know, like the way in which, not, and, you know, we talk about the fact that they don't really get another clear cut chance throughout the rest of the game until that last minute thing that drops to the army. And that's, Again, almost what annoys you more than anything else. The shape's really, really strong, um, but then it isn't in this instance. No one's pressed. There's no pressure on Shelby. He can play the pass. Matip can see absolutely everything. Um, they don't quite play the lad offside. You do wonder whether or not one of them's thinking about that. He yeah. might just be marginally off, but he's not clearly off. Is my point. If you you can't you can't go to the liner and say you've screwed as the alignment. It's not fair because he's you know he's he's got to look yeah. away he's got to look yeah. at when Shelby plays the pass and what he can see and it's yeah. it, it is difficult. And even then, even then, uh, Matip manages breaks his breaks his neck to get back in. Uh, even though I think he is the one who's more at fault if you're knocking around a portion and blame. And it bounces off the lads. I mean, it is it's unlucky, but it's also everything about it just makes you absolutely fume. Yeah, it it, it just all seems so preventable, doesn't it? And and you know, any defence is surely based on understanding and organisation. And there was no there was no evidence of either in in that goal in that moment. And it, and it, and it is so so frustrating because, as I said earlier, you know. We can go. We've seen Liverpool, seen any football side win games where they're not brilliant, but a moment of magic wins it for you, and that's what that should have been yesterday. We we, we should have come away saying we should have been talking about how good Coutinho is and and what a goal that was, and how we didn't play that well, but we'll take one nil all day and go into an international break, and instead we're just talking about our defence again, why they can't see that, why they can't stop that. And also the luck thing. I mean, I know some people absolutely hate the luck conversation. Um, but, you know, it comes off the lad's shin and could go anywhere. And it rolls in the corner, for fuck's sake. I mean, it's, it's just... For that it's even in the corner. I mean, you know yeah, what I mean? I mean? It's like every aspect of it, the fact yeah. that it doesn't go fast. Yeah. You know, every yeah. last bit of it feels yeah. like it's, it's, it feels like some sort of goal designed to needle you. Yeah. The, the, the thing with misfortune, though, is if you do your job better initially, you don't have to bank on fortune. And I yeah. think that's, that's the irritation. Like you say, Neil, the shape is so good, and the people say Liverpool can't generally defend, but actually, in large, large swats, they do it so well, and they just let themselves down. When you talk about teams that you know allow a few chances against them, you're talking about City and Spurs. But what City and Spurs do, conversely, is the chances they get, they make sure. They maximise them. And this Liverpool team is not doing that. They're not converting enough as they should. They're not Those periods of dominance they have, it's not translating to the scoreboard, which then means any... And Klopp has said this before, every time they make one mistake, they get punished. But you allow that one mistake to count if you're not putting your chances away at the other end. And I think the issue, again, with that goal is the communication... 
they're too far apart for a start. They can, if they, they can see the pass coming, step up and make sure he's offside. And, and none of it's, 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 it's small, simple things. And you watch Klopp on the touchline and the ball is looping over and you can see him there in shot. And he's like gesturing to them. And it's, I don't know what you can say. I don't know if it's the mindset not being able to, to switch quick enough from, hey, we're dominating this period of play to, well, it's not a fence now. Now we've got to concentrate on other elements. But a ball like that, it's a very good ball from Shelby. And by the way, Mike, you're spot on earlier with what you were saying. He was given way too much time to pick passes and to get shots away as well. Mm. Um, he was coming a lot deeper to do that, but he was allowed to do it. And the the few chances, there weren't real, real chances, but the few times that Newcastle did uh, attack in the first half, it was all through him switching the play, re- some really good direct balls from him. But knowing that, knowing that he, ha- he can pick that pass, and you like Neil said, it, it sort of happens in, in slow motion, really. And them not being able to, to do the two things that could prevent that goal, then being able to recover and seeing it go in. I think, I think if we're trying to be tight in the in the wake of the goal, for, for me, the, the two eye up. I mean, the, because once it's, once it's through, yeah, there's, there's no real margin for error and, and, it, and it's a, a clear run on goal. And I think with Matip, you know, he's just people have talked about the fact that he's he's not he's not side on, and obviously you need to be side on because you can still look forward, you can still see the pass, and you can still react to to that pass when it's when it's played. But he's flat footed. That's the thing for me. And he did. He, it was exactly the same at Manchester City on more than more than one occasion. He's he's, he's on his he's on his heels uh, as opposed to on his toes, and that makes it much difficult, much more difficult for you, for you to get back. He gets gets back well enough. With the, the, the tackle, yeah, of course he's unlucky. I mean, it's a it's a bizarre deflection that um, ends up in the corner. But equally, I just wonder whether the challenge is robust enough and whether that goes out for the corner. I don't know, but I think more, more than anything else, I think they're too high up. They're not leaving themselves margin for error. If if the philosophy is yeah, we we'll go out and we, we we do everything now to get a second. I'm sort of okay with that, but we weren't doing that. And then, as I say, his stance and his positioning and being on his on his heels, it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous for a top-class defender. I find the whole thing, and it, and you can sound, and let, I want to be really clear about this, none of us sitting around this table have played top-level top football, etc., etc., so you can sound, I think you can sound a bit daft, you can make yourself sound a little bit daft, but one of the things that gets me about it is, I don't know if they're too high or if they're too deep. I just think they're just, like, the line is just the wrong place. It, you're either committed and you're on the halfway line, and we're playing... Unbelievably, you know that this that's it. That's what we're doing. That's where you are, and you, so therefore you're catching them offside, or you're accepting the fact that one of you's got to be. You've got to be a little bit close to each other. One of you's always got to be prepared to go deeper. The other one's got to be prepared to come front, and it's that straightforward. That you're either therefore a little. One of you's is a little bit deeper and prepared for it, or you just got the attitude of no sod this. We don't, we don't think this fella's fast. We're on top. We want to be on top. And you, as I say, you can always worry that you, you're you talking about the finest of fine margins in, in a footballing sense. And you can sound like, you know, like, like, like pint-sized pundits if you don't watch yourself. But I do think there is... It is so frustrating when you're just thinking, lads, just either go one-on-one and, one and split or you've got the attitude of, no, we're dominating everything here. And the frustrating... And I'm sure the manager, when he watches the tape back and all of this sort of stuff... but. It, you know, he is the one fundamentally responsible and that should always be put front and centre because he does coach them and he organises them. But there is, 
I just want them to pick. And this is back to my yeah. thing in the aftermath of the goal. Just pick, Communicate boys. Communicate and pick, yeah. Communicate yeah, and I, pick. Whichever one it is, just, just pick. I, I, just think what, pick. I think what's happened over the, the course of quite a few of the last few games, and it was, it was evident at Leicester as well uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in the, the game that we won at the weekend, is that I think they've become overly obsessed with being in a line and not getting caught. And against Vardy last week, they were look, they're looking across, are we in line, are we in line? And I, I think the, the, the ability for, for one to stay and one to drop has almost disappeared with that because they're, they're obsessed with not getting caught out uh, in that in the sense where they're not in line because that happened at um, at City originally although it was I think it was Clavan in that case that, get, oh, that gets yeah. caught but you know just talking about Liverpool centre halves in in general but you, the ability to, to to have someone drop and read the danger it's got to be there it's got I mean, it's, it's reactive defending um, Carragher and Hippie were a perfect example of, of, of a partnership that had that. Boxed off to a tee where they knew one stays, one goes, and you know, and you know which of them at various points are doing uh, whichever role there. And I think, I think the two of them just look very, very static, obsessed with being in a line. And if you are going to be like that, at least be on your bloody toes because there's going to come a point where someone slices you open. You've got to, and you've got to get back. The keeper is the next part of this. If we're going to just go, to go right the way through all this, Gareth, for me, if you freeze frame it and they're where they are, I do probably want them a bit higher. That said, if he had been a bit higher, I don't think it would have been partic- and 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 races towards it. I do think Jocelyn gets there first. If you if you put him where you where you'd like him to be in an ideal world, I, I think he probably comes off second best. But it might be that he drives him wide and it becomes easier to recover. Like I think if the keeper's higher, he gets a full made of him. But there's possibly more chance the ball doesn't go in if you sort of see what I mean. And you know, I think that that's that's a conversation worth having. Well, it's just back to the thing. Now, they don't they don't look like they function as a unit. They don't look like the a defence you can rely on or, or lean on. And I think what's worrying for me now is, you know, when I was thinking about it coming home yesterday after the game was, like, how do you make it better? Like, what do you do? What's the answer now? I mean, you know, people saying things like, oh, you know, I, I would, would have preferred to see Robertson start. That wouldn't have changed that situation. It's all about the centre half and the goalie. That's what you just asked me, and it's like, well, you know, yeah, and like, well, can't what, argue with the facts on well, that, can I? Well, but what, 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 what's, what, but what's the alternative there? Yeah. Like the, the other, the other goalie. Well, well, no one sold on him. Um, Danny Ward. Well, you know, he's getting a go in the League Cup. He's not going to probably play in the Premier League anytime soon. Clavin. Most people don't like Clavin. Most, most people don't think he's good enough. Most people think he looks like what he is—a four million pound defender in his thirties. So. What it's and and people are saying. I've heard people say, "Oh, you know, move Gomez across and play him centre half," and he had a nightmare. So it's really hard at the moment, right now, to 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 sort of look at it and go, "Okay, well, this is how it all sorts itself out." Say what the Nathaniel Client boss these days, isn't he? He's got better and better. He was crapping August. (laughs) He was crapping August when Trent Alexander Arnold's blaming him free kicks, whereas now best right back in Europe. Yeah. Um, Mel, it is. I mean, where do you want the goalkeeper? It, it's it's an easy one to go either way on, really. Yeah, this is a an interesting one because I think it's such a an annoyance because Liverpool have bits that they'd want in a goalkeeper in all three of them, but not all in one of them. And there were a few moments yesterday that Liverpool could have uh, been on the attack quicker if Mignolet could have released and distributed quicker, which... Carriers can do, but then you've seen Carriers not save things that he should be saving, whereas Mignolet has been saving things. Carriers would have taken a higher position um, then and when the goal was conceded. But th- this is just... I think it's not going to be perfect, but I think you can improve and improve simple, basic things like 
we've spoken about. These are not inexperienced defenders. You know, these are whatever you think of their quality, especially with with Lovren. You know, he's an international centre back, and and they should be reading situations better. Um, there was a thing Klopp spoke about um, where he said the confidence around these situations. He was he was largely speaking about set pieces and how Liverpool are so desperate to defend them because there's all this talk about them that players gravitate towards the first ball. Which, and they're not in shape for the second. Yeah. And I, I just think that he also there's an the other thing he says was players make the right decisions when they're confident when they're not confident there's too many things competing in their heads of what they need to do and i think that's you know partly what we've seen and it it, it is so 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 annoying because i think in any of the games we've watched so far city aside because once mane goes off that you know that game is has ended but just parking that one in every other game if Liverpool take their chances or take a quarter of them we're not sitting here talking about the same issues over and over again and and I think the other thing is what we've seen from the teams above us so you know City United um, Tottenham Tottenham Chelsea is them actually taking their opportunities when they come Um, and even if you watched United against um, Everton, where Everton in the second half actually started, you know, dominating the game, commanding things, they were in control, um, and this is an Everton team that are devoid of of pace and you know uh, looked largely lackluster in every other game. But and Ashley Williams makes the mistake, presents Lukaku with a chance, and. And they stick it away. They punish you. They every opportunity they get, they make sure they punish you. Now Liverpool, and very few can argue against this, have one of the best attacking units in Europe. Not just in the league, but in Europe. It's varied. It's got a lot of pace. It's got technique. It's got somebody who can supply and also, you know, blam it in from from thirty yards. Um, and, and how it is malfunctioning to the rate it has. And, you know, people will say, oh, um, only City have stopped them from scoring. But their chance proportion to their goal proportion is is ridiculous. It, these are lads that are really very, very, very good at football. And as we saw in preseason, operate well together. And, and there is a lot of chemistry there. So I think the... the Statistically, the guys will tell you that you know they're very clever people who follow uh, Liverpool on Twitter and, and crunch numbers, um, and they say statistically this makes zero sense and it's bound to to switch if you continue playing like this. The right results will come, but just feels so far away at, at the moment. It does, and, and yeah, I'm, I can't really disagree with anything that Mel says there about. I mean, it does. It, it does feel a bit weird. I think we sort of need to keep reminding ourselves of that that we, across the period of whatever seven or eight games, we've 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 played some good football and we haven't won the games. Um, what we can't afford to do really is is have more of what we saw yesterday, where it begins to drop off. And I think you know yesterday felt really really unusual in the sense that none of our leading lights had good games. Particularly well, yeah. Mane obviously had an off day. Salah, um, I think Salah's actually. 
whilst being really effective and no one can argue with his with his his, his goal return so far and undeniably is a good addition to the to the squad and the team. I think he's a bit untidy at times um, and his, his, his touch does let him down a couple of... Sometimes his touch, he'll take a heavy touch and because he's got the pace to run after it, it can be advantageous at times, which is a bit weird. But I think generally speaking, he, he, in performances like yesterday, he, he was quite frustrating in particular because of, of sometimes that heavy touch losing possession or not maximising an opportunity. He was frustrating, but I want to come on to this with you all uh, before we begin to draw this to a close, because if people are listening, they might think, good Lord, is it ever going to stop? I feel bad enough about this result anyway, lads. <laughs> but, Mike, um, I at least felt Salah was in the game through yesterday. I think there's three in particular, second half. And listen, for one of them, he's banged one in from 30 yards. And I think it's as much tactical as it is actually their own performance, at least for two of them. But... When Alden Manny and Coutinho, I barely remember them doing a thing in the second mm. 45 minutes of the game. Barely a thing from all three of them. Like, f- conversation around levels, around missed opportunities, around whatever you want, around the other the other players, and even in, I'd even include the fullbacks who are in it, arguably in it too much because that's what Benitez wants to happen and that's what's happening. But Coutinho, Manny and Wijnaldum, I can barely remember them sort of impacting that that second half in any substantial way. And I think for one of them in particular, I think for, for I think you're able to say Coutinho's put one in from 30 yards. You're able to say that Mane is due, that sort of game. The Wijnaldum fine line of, no, he's ghosting round and he's really effective to he's just a ghost is is one which you could, I thought you saw it writ large yesterday. Bar the, the one opportunity, I honestly don't know what he did for 90 minutes. I honestly don't. Yeah. And I'm watching it on telly and I might be wrong and unfair, but no, I want more. No, you're, I, not, you're not seeing I, I want more. I, I mean, I thought last season he, he was predominantly excellent and I think he, you know, he does do the unseen work. I think he's one of those really interesting players, actually, that you get more of a sense of his performance when you're in, at the match than, than when you watch it on TV because, as I say, a lot of the work is unseen in the in the truest sense but for me this season he's only really had two good games he started the season slowly didn't look that effective and everyone was saying I'm not quite sure where the, where, where this drop off can be explained from and then he came in and against I think it was against Arsenal and against Hoffenheim when Liverpool were at their, their fluent best um, this season he was excellent in those games Um but I, I do think you could, you've got to begin to ask questions about his output uh, in away fixtures. And I don't think you can look at that statistic about never having scored an away goal for, for Liverpool or Newcastle and not make some sense of it. Um, I'm less bothered about him getting goals if he's still being effective. And yeah. for me, you know, for the most part this year, as I say, only a good couple of games. He's not been at the level he was last season. Um, I think yesterday, you know, uh, him getting the nod over Chan not debatable. I mean, you can call it one way, one way or the other. But I think I think Chan's had a better season than Wijnaldum. I just um, the thing about Emery Chan is, as much as he can have a bad game, makes you, things happen, and you know he's there. And this is, you know, you know Henderson's there. Henderson can play well, he can play poorly, but good lord, you'll see him, and you'll be, you'll come away from the game going. I've got a view on Henderson. Wijnaldum, we did the post match show last night. We didn't talk about him, and it was only after we did the post match show. And I wrote this agenda straight after the post-match show that's in front of you. Not that we really have referred to it very much, but I don't even name him. And it was only sort of this morning when I was going, hang on, why, where on earth was Ginny Wijnaldum? What was what was he doing? What was he offering? I don't remember a tackle. I don't remember an incisive pass. I do remember him hitting the post from the corner. I don't remember an incisive pass. I don't remember an interception. I don't even remember him particularly keeping a ticking. I don't remember going past anyone, Mel. There is, there is nothing in that game where I'm going... Well, when I, I don't even I don't know when I'm having a good ten, and this yeah. is, 
I think that's hugely problematic. Because I'm not going to say it's quite like playing with 10, 10 men, but it does not feel like it's not far away from it, unless I'm missing all sorts of clever things around passing lanes. No, it it is concerning because I think last season he did do a lot of good stuff and you spoke to the midfielders that played with him and even the forwards, they were all saying, love playing with him. He does so much of the dirty stuff. He does so much covering, um, very selfless. Everyone else can push. He'll he'll hold, um, you know, out to help the fullbacks. They were talking about all these things, and you looked at it and you could see it. You could see how in a hole he was threading everything together without really ever doing too much. This season has not been the case, like you say, Mike. He's had his moments and his games, but largely. Um, he's been anonymous and that becomes an issue where Liverpool are having all this ball and generally it's up to the midfielders to to spread the play and, and keep things moving and to supply this you know amazing forward line that we talk about and if one of them is neither doing the attacking elements in terms of you know, or doing what he should be doing on the ball and he's not making any interceptions or tackles or winning any off his duels, then, I mean, then he's, what he's, is the he's point? He's been a fascinating footballer to watch in the time that he's been in Liverpool and I think what we, what we all liked about him last season was his ability to, to get on the ball, to shield it, to use his backside, his backside, show strength on the ball, keep it nicely and just keep things ticking over. But but another underrated quality really was his ability to, to get beyond the ball and into the box and he did it from the first game against Arsenal when he arrives in the penalty area, sets up a goal. He did it five or six times to actually get on the score sheet last season. I don't think we're seeing anywhere near as much of that from him. And I think that might be a confidence issue because when you're fully yourself, you just go, you just go. But when you're, when you're, you're playing safe and you're thinking, should I hold my position here? And I think you lose quite a lot of them as a player when that's the case. There is that, but Gareth, Liverpool supporters love, you know, because we're all idiots. We love a false dichotomy. We love acting like Fowler or Owen. Do you know what I mean? We love, we love, you know, going right the way back. That's now, that's now twenty years. Uh, if you want to feel old, well, about 15, 15. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we love, we love that sort of. It's one or the other. And I've seen loads and loads this week. Um, loads and loads because everyone loves a row. Henderson or Chan? It's Henderson or Chan? It doesn't have to be. And also, I don't understand how you know. I think almost because people aren't because he's almost ghosting through games. People aren't going hang on. There's, the, there's, there's a third fella here. When people are saying, I don't like what the, the way the midfield looks doing X or Y, you know, I don't think we were great by any stretch of the imagination against Spartak, but we at least felt like we had more going on in there. Yeah. And and this is the, you know, and Chan, Chan makes a complete pig's ear of things for the thing that what ends up being the opening goal for, for Spartak. But it isn't Henderson or Chan. It doesn't need to be Henderson or Chan at all. That, that At least at least both of them are getting stuck in and involved in games. Yeah, no, and I, I, I saw this that last night and I just found it because, because it's what we're talking about. Ronaldo uh, in the second half, 15 passes, one shot, no chances created, no tackles, no aerial duels, no interceptions, no take-ons. Well, in lad, um, but I mean, when you when you mentioned Chan before, I I think Chan's done all right this season, and what I like about him is. You know, Klopp talked about playing emotional football. He wanted emotional football. That's what he said when he first arrived here. I think at least Chan does that. At least, at least Chan plays that way. Ch- Chan plays the way when I'm watching it. I'm like, you know, try and 
do something here, like show a bit of bollocks, show, you know, drive at them, have a go at them. Don't just keep knocking it side to side and, and, and looking like you've run out of ideas. I think at least Chan has that about him. Okay, he's got a rick in him, he's got a mistake in him here and there. But try, you know, it's back to that thing of trying things. And Vinaldum's not influencing the game there. He's not, he's not, he's being nice. He's not going, fuck this, I'm at Newcastle and I want to show all these lads who question me over and over that I can perform away from home. He could but, have at least remembered how much he enjoyed scoring then, you know, for all times. Does that, but also, I'll go back to you on this, Gareth. The other thing about this is, and this is where the manager's subs come in, I'm going to talk about this a lot on the Tuesday review, I think, with Sean Rogers, and that the manager was rightly praised for his subs at Leicester. Rightly praised. I think he got every sub absolutely spot on. If I'm Emre Chan or James Milner, I am going to the manager afterwards. Any chance. Any hopes. <laughs> and also, the fact that Wijnaldum gets the 90 is the other thing on this one. The fact that Wijnaldum, he, he, he gets the trip. And I'm sitting there going, he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. For me, the, my, my first sub would have been Wijnaldum or Gomez. And that's not being harsh on Gomez. It's just that Newcastle were quite happy for us to pass the right back. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, why don't you just throw a, a different right back on yeah. who, who scares them a bit and go from there, you know, put Milner there or even do something yeah. mad, put Henderson there or put Mane there. Do something that makes them go, we can't just keep I allowing this saying, to happen. I was saying put Milner there. I thought that was the but, sub as well. But also though, Wijnaldum just basically goes through the, and it isn't as though the manager goes, hang on, this, fella, this fella's not doing anything here. Let, let, I'll change this bit of around and that's where you do get frustrated because he is just ghosting through the half and as I say not just us as fans but if I am Channel Milner I'm thinking well what, what, what would it have took how bad would he have had to be before the manager's saying yeah, lads, let's, I'll just yeah. change this around I mean I'd be interested in to, to, to listen to that Tuesday review because I I think there's a thing another narrative we keep using that phrase uh, another narrative is that is now there's a little bit of a question mark about Klopp and subs, I think, and, and how he uses them and when he uses them. Because there seems to me to be a lot of conversations or a lot of times you're coming out of the match where you're going, I didn't really get what he was doing with the subs there. And I didn't really, Every it, sub made us worse. Yeah, exactly. And that's a that's a, that's a a theme I've heard lots of times as well. You know, and it's like, we used to we used to praise, you know, Rafa to the hilt about the way he used subs. And, and you know, it became the thing, didn't it, in the 65 minutes and all that sort of thing. It's almost like Klopp seems the other way, almost reluctant to use them and and, and reluctant to make a change and reluctant to try and influence it from, from that, his perspective. There's that sort of trust thing that people say about him is that you know he, he you know he trusts his squad and he trusts his, his starting lineup and I don't know that it's as much that I I think where he's got a problem is that he, he is this emotional presence on the on the touchline and he and he's he's an emotional presence in the game and I just wonder how easy it is to just. You know, sort of see things slightly differently, see things a bit a bit more coldly. And we were we were laughing really watching the game yesterday about Benitez and, and Klopp are opposites, I think, in many ways. You know, the way that they set up that you know <laughs> more attacking football versus more more cautious football. But at the, and, but Benitez's cold precision from the touchline was the thing in his subs. He always he always seemed to know the right one. They were always pre-planned, if you like, but it was very much part of who he is. I don't really think that Klopp quite buys into the the, the subs thing. You still but he, keep but, his full backs but, on as but well, he, though. But, yeah, <laughs> I know, Hannah. I, I heard you talking about Arbeloa as well on the on the on the pink, and you know, but it it is harder if you're caught up in it. If you're caught up, sometimes when I'm at the game, if there's a game I'm slightly less invested in. I, I, I think I, I think I, I I change this now. I change that now. But then there's a game against Man U, and I com- when I've completely lost the plot, and I don't get I don't give a I don't give a toss who's on the pitch because I can't <laughs> see anything because you know the, the the red mist is down and everything, and 
I'm not saying you know, I don't think he's quite as mad as made the game, but I think it's it is it's got to be harder. It's got to be harder mm. to I be think... to be really precise in what you do. Be almost like an incision of something into the into the take game. Take the emotion. Take the emotion out of it and see what the best sub is. And and I think also as well, just to labour the point is that he gets criticised for maybe being 10, 10 minutes late uh, with his subs, and I think there's something in that. Um, and whether sometimes you're so invested in the game, you don't even know what time it is. I mean, I'm sure he, I'm sure he does broadly speaking, but sometimes five more minutes of thinking emotionally, emotionally, and maybe maybe the, the time to make the sub is just. But that's passed. what his assistants are for. Yeah, as well, isn't but it? I was just about to say that actually, Buvac and um, um, Krawitz, Krawitz, uh, that's their, You know, they're the ones that say stone cold while he's. Yeah. Uh, well, he's emotional on the touchline. I mean, just as a question there, Mel, what 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 sort what level of influence do you think they they have on his on his decision making, sort of uh, mid game, if you like? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think? I mean, surely he listens to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they they are. Been, I don't think anyone's really asked this this, this question mm. before. They are They're in, fairly invisible figures in a way. I know we, it, we know who they are, obviously, but you know, what, what uh, to what extent are, are they part? They of the are process? very very influential. Krawitz's job is to basically see everything and Buvach is like the tactical mm. disciple and he, I think Klopp described him as as like a football bible um, and even for match preparation Klopp is in charge but I think the quote he's once given me was I'm not a one man show and I've never have been and there are things I'm good at but to be better I I allow people who I think are better that all than makes me. perfect sense. Mm. I, I just wonder whether sometimes again everyone's caught a little bit too close to the eye of a storm. Um, and I, I just wondering out loud whether you know sort of a, a, a temporary additional different voice in there might be might be beneficial for, for Liverpool to try and just see past all of the all of the cliched problems and just I said before about like a reset. I think like a mental reset, and whether you whether you actually need someone who's a little bit more distant from the situation just to come in for it for a couple of weeks and say you might be doing this wrong. I don't know whether you've been thinking about this, that, and the other. But you know, you you are at the point now. Whilst I absolutely restress, it's not a crisis. It's not a crisis. It is it is more of a blip for me that you you do need to start saying, well, it's all very well the same. We've got this weakness and that weakness and that. We've got three sort of clear weaknesses: breaking teams down, not being able to defend, not taking chances, but. You know, it, it, I think it, it it goes wider than that, and, and and sometimes someone with a bit of distance can be can be quite uh, useful in that sense. Okay, uh, Mike Nevin, uh, Melissa Reddy, Gareth Roberts. Hope you really enjoyed this show. It's been an absolute belter. Thank you very much to all three of them for coming in. Uh, loads and loads of good stuff on the website uh, and on the player through your international week. If you are feeling like you've had enough of the football, I'd understand that, but we do more than just that as well. We hopefully entertain in a variety of different ways. Uh, and if you do subscribe, you can listen to all the old stuff that we've done as well, all the old interviews, everything that goes right the way back. There's even a page on the website that makes that very, very easy for you indeed. Uh, so you can see all of that there, anything that you'd want to. So if you are thinking about it, the Anfield at £5 a month, there's no better time to come and get stuck in with us uh, and hopefully enjoy your football a little bit more if we can do that. And I think we can. Uh, it's two weeks now until Liverpool play Manchester United. It's going to be a hell of a two weeks. It's the perfect game, I think, the other side of all of this. We'll be back next week. We'll also be doing City Talk on Friday. It's the Anfield Wrap. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.